Previously on the Lupe and Royce Show. I'm at WKRP in Cincinnati. How about that? How about that tight harmony at the end? That's the only part that you know, right? No, I know the other parts. Let me hear some more. Time and time and talking and a cracking. Down and down, up and down, and down. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. No, Cincinnati, no, WKR. No, it's maybe um, you and me would never. I mean, dog, you, you said I know another part. You said I know another part. All right, now you just disrespected me. <laughs> I'm telling you, dog, I was just killing. I was singing this shit. I was killing this shit. He don't even want to give me my props. The Lupe and Roy Show is a Say What Media production. The presenting sponsor is Blue Microphone. Something tells me Lupe is ready to get this going. All right, let's get going. Kick it off, Senor Lupe. Yo, what up? This is Lupe Fiasco, and my back hurts. Yo, what up? This is Royce the 5'9", and I got Lupe's back, so that's probably what he's feeling. And this is Tom. I'm just a regular dude, and my back feels oh, just man, perfect. that was fucking terrible. What's up, fellas? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up? What up, Lauren? Lauren, if y'all don't know, Lauren is a, uh, uh, she runs behind the scenes. Y'all don't see her, but she's there. Hey, we should give a shout out too to um, our editor extraordinaire, Claude Jennings. Today is his birthday. He's a Scorpio? I believe he is. Then he's somewhere fucking somebody right now for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so happy birthday, Claude. Happy birthday. Um, what's his name? Scorpio. Claude? Claude. We're going to call him the Scorpion. Scorpio. The organic Scorpio. No, man, stop, stop it, stop it. Do y'all have dreams? Do you have dreams, yeah. Lou? I had a dream last night. You want to hear about it? You you remember them? I remember this part of the dream. Do you have, do you normally have problems remembering your entire dream? Maybe, maybe not. I'm telling you right now that I had a dream last night that I remember. And if you want to hear it, I'll, I'll give it to you. Of course I want to hear it. Come on, go ahead. So I was in a car. Okay, now what happened? Okay, so El Chapo was, something was happening with El Chapo, right? And then mm-hmm. he was, either he was finna leave the game or something, and then Kobe Bryant, rest in peace Kobe, Kobe popped up and, like, inspired El Chapo to, like, stay in the game or something. Can't remember. And then mm-hmm. uh, he, Kobe hugged El Chapo. Then we were, like, what do you call it? Like communicated to? No, like trans, like moved. Trans, what they call it? Not transformed. Well, I guess it's transformed. We we ended up in a transported, transported to a limousine, right? And in the limousine, it was like, a, it was like, yo, we need to open up the top. We need to celebrate. And then they pushed open the top of the limousine and it opened like the tops of two flaps on a box. And then the back part of the limousine, they pushed that back. So basically made like a drop top. So we was like in this drop top limousine with like tables and mm-hmm. like uh, El Chapo had on like a Versace shirt. And it was two people sitting there that had on uh, like prison uniforms and they were both wearing cuffs. And it was like we was going around to all of the different people that was in the car and then uh, got transported from there to like this house. And in the house, it was a bunch of money. Right. And like uh, plastic like wrapped up in plastic bundles. And then it was like, yo, it's about to go down something. We got to get out of here. Um, but take some money. So I, I took a plastic bag and started putting a bunch of money in it. And then it was like, like was running out 
and then there were like gunshots and like some other shit. And that was like that was that chunk of the dream that I remember. Now dreams all have meaning behind them. Maybe you should call one eight three three Royce five nine to talk more about this dream. You read palms, Royce? Do y'all read palms? Uh uh-uh. uh. Because that's what it looks like. Like with with the throne and the neon lights, it looks like a call in hotline, and you like read people's <laughs> palms. <laughs> Pull your hat bomb out and he'll tell you. We got Jake on the line. Where, where, where's hurt, bro? Where's hurt? Okay. Just saying, that's what it looks like. You didn't have you didn't have to go there. Tom, is that not what it looks like? It does. I mean, if if a crystal ball popped up right now, it would be perfect. Tom. Call me now. Yo, that's you, what it's you, like. You, that lady. You specifically said that I went too hard on you last time. Now you're going hard what, on me. What are you talking See? about? That show doesn't exist. What are you talking about? Whatever happened before this, now that it is settled in my mind, that your set looks like the set of like a cable television clairvoyance channel. <laughs> and that you call a number and you, you tell people their fortunes. I know when somebody's just saying something to try to hurt my feelings. You know, because I'm bigger than that. You go ahead and laugh at me, Tom. Go ahead. I'm not laughing at you. I, I was actually thinking about some things. I, I, I wanted to give you know a shout out to your friend Eminem. 2002 video without me hit 1 billion YouTube views. 1 billion cool. YouTube views? Who, who are you calling right now? Are you going to call Eminem and congratulate him? Whoever he's calling is not answering. Maybe, what's your guess, Royce? Well, that has something to do with that meeting he said that he got. That he fucking Thank you for calling the Ryan Montgomery Foundation, NAMI Michigan Helpline. Our office hours are 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., Monday through Friday. We are assisting another caller, so we're unable to answer your call. If you want some real help, please call, call 313 you, you call me if you really, if you have an emergency, you can call me. Please leave directly. a detailed message including your name, phone number, and county of residence so we can return your call as soon as possible. If you've reached us outside of our business hours, we will return your call on the next business day. If this is a mental health emergency, please call 911. Thank you. I think you should dial 911, Lou, because this is a mental health emergency. Help! I need some help! I need some help right now! I need some help! I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to Royce 59 about my mixtape. Please put me through the Royce. I need to tell him how far my new mixtape is. It's an emergency. It's mentally ill. Hit me up. You can expect those every day for the next 20 days. You didn't prank call my goddamn number. You didn't prank call my hotline number. <laughs> the number right there. Sensitive about that number, man. I don't know if I'm gonna forgive you off of this one. Like, who do you think I was calling? I was calling the only phone number in my purview right now. Royce, you mentioned dreams. Did you have a dream? Uh, yes, I did. But I'm trying to remember what it was. I didn't have El Chapo in mind. I had El Chapo, uh, Kobe Bryant. Yes, I've never had such a star-studded affair going on in my dream. <laughs> um, um, somebody's chasing me. I'm running slow. You know what I mean? That type of thing. What do you think that means? I don't know, but I have a lot of dreams like that where I'm being chased. Who are you being chased by? Sometimes I don't even know. I just I have this fear and I'm running. 
I have this fear of me. people making fun of my hotline number. It's like a um that was it, really it was wrong, wrong, man. That was, that was, was wrong. wrong. How was that wrong? I did not make fun of the hotline. People gonna think that shit is funny. They're gonna think it's funny and they're gonna go to hell too. <laughs> Y'all gonna be down there ordering drinks for each other. Look, man, I think mm-hmm. that dreams where you're running away from something is uh has something to do with uh like not fulfilling your purpose in life. Oh and yeah. I think instead of running away from it, you need to turn around and run towards it. Why thank you. Let me do the fucking palm reading, all right, buddy. You just, everybody just fucking do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> I see. He's the crystal ball guy now. Yeah, success in your future. But that works. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with some uplifting words of like, yeah, man. You know what that is? Is you running away from your purpose, brother? You need to turn around and run towards your purpose. Sometimes your purpose may not may be ugly. You might be afraid of your purpose. You asked for an interpretation, and I gave you one. That's all I got. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Tom, you got to stick up for yourself, man. Talk for yes. yourself. I got on a back brace right now. What happened uh, to your yeah. back, Lou? Lifting weights, man. Deadlifting. You lift heavy? Man, I was lifting some bullshit. But, I, you know, in, even though it's the little shit to get you. I was lifting like maybe one... 40 maybe you and, uh, lifting 140 yeah and that shit but I, w- I will go for reps you know i'll do 10 set of 10 or whatever the fuck but uh pulled it up the wrong way and it root my back shook and that shit ain't been right ever since and so now i just keep like aggravating it and injuring it so you know i'm doing all, i'm working through all these different treatments and stuff i gotta go see my go get another treatment but man yeah so be careful with your posture, man. Your back, if your back ain't hurting now, don't ever put it in a position where it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be like me. And then with a back brace. What about you, Tom? What's up with your back? I got your I got your back too, kid. I got a good back. I appreciate you having my back. Um no, I, I have a good back. We're all we're all good. We're all good. I lift the weights, I feel good, I run. I've exercised more during COVID than I ever have. Mm, I'm really time. proud of you, man. Really, really proud of you. How are you keeping yourself in shape? I don't really have to do much. You know what I mean? Um, wake up. I'm pretty much in shape. You know what I mean? Like when I was born, I was pretty much in shape. <laughs> so I don't really. I don't really. I don't really do. <laughs> so you're just in shape. You're just yeah, natural. Man, you shape. know, my dad told me early, man, shape up or ship out. I didn't want to ship out. So I shaped up. You know what I mean? And I've been in shape ever since. You know, I had a few bumps in the road here and there. You know what I mean? Hmm. I'm not out of shape. I just have injuries. I wasn't implying that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not being adversarial. I'm just saying it's not like a a shape thing. It's like a injury thing. You weren't being a what? Adversarial. 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 
Speaking of books and intelligence, may I bring up that Alex Trebek died this week? He did. Rest in peace. He did. I was mm-hmm. a, I was a Jeopardy fan. Mm-hmm. Thirty six years he was on. You ever watch Jeopardy? Watched a lot of Jeopardy as a shorty. Were you any good at Jeopardy? Very good. Are you guys a fan of Supreme? Tom, what are you just wait? Are you just going through the top headlines and just picking them out for us to talk about? No. Here's where I was going. I brought up yeah. Supreme because it was in the headlines. Mm-hmm. But then I also noticed there is a number I mean, of hip hop people that are in very heavily involved all of a sudden in clothing. And I'll give you an example. Uh, did you see this? Another headline. Outcast and a number of other people redesigned limited edition jerseys mm. for the NBA. That's what, the, what I'm saying. Like they, Outcast had a clothing line before that. They had, uh, what's the name of that shit? Was it Idlewild? Remember Outcast had a clothing line, Royce? Yeah, it had the O Back with the day. wings on it. Yeah. That's what I think it was. Outcast clothing, right? That ain't nothing new, Tom. Well, wait, hold on. Hold on. Cardi B's coming out with a Reebok shoe. And we all know Travis Scott is doing all sorts of crazy stuff with everybody, including McDonald's. They can't even keep up with the amount of food that he that people are ordering. My question I pose to you, would you ever want to design a piece of clothing, whether it's yourself or for a company? This just proves that Tom does not know me. All these people, but yet he does not know that Lupe Fiasco has had multiple clothing lines during his career. Or maybe I'm throwing a softball up for you. It was terrible. Why is it terrible? Uh, the business back end wasn't correct. The front end, the design front end was pretty decent, but the business back end was totally incorrect. And it was, I was completely unprepared for what was required to really step into that space. I've made like maybe two things that were like the shit. Like that were like super hard to get, super sought after, like the shit, shit. And then everything kind of surrounding it was just kind of like decent. And, you know, that was. What were those two things? I made these ill stadium jackets. I had a line called Truly and Truly. And I made these dope ass stadium jackets. Like they was, they're classics to this day, like super classics. How involved in in the the design were you with that? Oh, deeply involved. I still got the drawings in in my mold scheme. You drew it? Yeah. That's why it came out good, man. Yeah, I actually, I actually was 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 fully in, full in on on designing this shit and coming up. You with didn't just throw your name on it. No, I was in it to win it. And then I did these leather motorcycle jackets, which were like super luxurious. That actually, Kobe Bryant he had one. Oh, he had one in real life. We had one like custom made, and I think it was like for Kobe in real life. Think that. Shout to rest in peace, Kobe, man. But yeah, how about you, Royce? Um, yo, you got to start asking. You, you got to let me go first from now on when we do talk about shit like this, man, because I can't follow up Lou fucking Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant leather fucking alligator jacket. Um, I did some stuff. I did a, um, did a feeler one time. Did a mm. feeler. Me and Preem did a prime feeler. Mm. Um, I wasn't really... I mean, I was kind of involved in in like the creative direction of it, but there wasn't really a lot of wiggle room because it was a, a fila, you know, that exists. And um, Prem's not really like a fashion forward guy like that. He doesn't really care. So he kind of let me 
you know, do it. And it, we only did like 30, 40 pair. I got some in my closet at the house. I'm proud of it though. Cause it says prime in the soul in the shoe. Nobody knows about it, but so what? It was like a friends and family situation. Nope. Friends and family didn't get any. It was like a, mm-hmm. it was like a rice and cream situation. Ah, nice. I had a, I did a shoe with Vans. I'm looking at it right now. It's on my shelf. Send me one of those. I got a, I got a box of them around somewhere. What size you wear? Ten. Mm, I'm look. I'm gonna see if I got some in the box. What size you wear? I wear a ten as well. So, what are you saying? What are you saying, Tom? You could walk a mile in my shoes. That's what you're saying. Tom said that like, hey, I want some shoes too. Tom, I'm not sending you any shoes. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. Me and you don't wear the same type of ten because. I'm from the streets. Are you from the streets? You want to know why I'm not sending you <laughs> shoes, Tom? Because you didn't know that I made shoes. I've been knowing you for 10 years, Jack. He was like, hey, so do you? Speaking of clothes, Cardi B's making a shoe. Have you guys ever wanted to make shoes? I'm like, Tom, you hurting my feelings right now. I'm your man. I'm your boy. Maybe you should have given me a pair of the shoes and I would have known that you made shoes. Anyway, why are we talking about this? Can we talk about something important? Let's talk about important no, Luke, stuff. Luke said it first. Major said things first. happened this past week. We got a guest, and we're going to talk about the election a little bit. Why are we still All talking right? about the election, man? The last time we were on together, Michigan hadn't come through, and then Royce pull, the- pulled them through for us. Pennsylvania hadn't come through, and they pulled through. Georgia. Georgia they're they're going to have a lot of recounts. Let me ask you guys a question. We're going to bring on a very He's special very guest special. to get into this. But So do you guys think there's any merit whatsoever in Trump saying that the, this election was full of fraud votes. Is that the question? Or should the question be, does anybody think there's any merit? Does anyone? To anything that? Trump has to say. And I'm not a Trump hater. I mean, he get he has a legal right to dispute close elections. So be it. Is he, is he going to win? Probably not. Is it going to make a difference? No, but he has the right to dispute the shit. So that's what he's doing. Hate it or love it, the underdogs on top. You're listening to the Lupe and Royce show with Lupe Fiasco, Royce the Five Nine, and Tom Frank. We want to thank Blue Microphones for supporting our show. For 25 years, Blue has helped people to find and amplify their voices. And today, they are the mic of choice for millions of musicians, podcasters, and YouTubers. No matter what kind of content you create, Blue has a setup that will make you sound and look great. If you've ever thought about creating your own podcast or stream, check out the Yeti Caster. It's a complete mic and boom arm system that connects to your laptop, bringing the ultimate broadcast studio to your home or office. Now is the perfect time to start your creative project. Visit bluemike.com and click get started to start telling your story. Let me welcome our guest onto the show. Uh, William Howe is going to join us. Uh, he's a Sidney Stein professor in American politics at the Harris School of Public Policy Studies and professor of political science in the college at the University of Chicago. He's also the author and co-author of several books, including most recently, Presidents, Populism, and the Crisis of Democracy. What a treat to be joining the three of you. So are you making sense of this moment? Is it clear to you all what's happening? Definitely an honor and a privilege to have you, sir. You have a very decorated resume. You kind of remind me of myself. But I'm just going (laughs) to fall back this interview and just kind of give you the floor. I don't usually like to outshine our guests. Go ahead. (laughs) I appreciate that. So, Will, you you were quoted in the USA Today saying that Trump not conceding is going to be very harmful to the health of our democracy. Why do you say that? Yeah, I believe that that to be true. Um, 
I think it's true for a couple of reasons. One is that concession speeches play an important role in our democracy generally. Put, a, put Trump aside for the moment. Generally, they play an important role because elections are all about highlighting and shining a bright light on difference, right? And governing, actually trying to get things done, requires uh, coming together. And concession speeches can be helpful in getting us from one to the other. It's about, hey, look, yes, we fought real hard uh, and, and you know, we, we laid it all out there, but now we need to come together. And that's an important thing to happen in a democracy. The other piece is, uh, that's more Trump-specific, is, you know, over 71 million people voted for him. And the, not all those 71 million, but a good portion of those 71 million um, are really angry and think that our, our government is broken and it's rigged and it's lined up against them. And when Trump comes out and says that the Democrats stole this election, um, that's going to make life all the more difficult for a president, Biden, actually govern, right? He's got to, this is going to be really tough come January 20th, when and if he assumes power. I think he will assume power. Um, But trying to meet a pandemic when you've got Republican control of the Senate and a six to three majority uh, of conservatives in the Supreme Court, this is just going to be really hard to move things forward. And that when you add on top of all of that, um, president, the president claiming that you know, the Democrats stole the election and it's just fraud all the way through, that then you're going to have, I don't know how many, but millions of people thinking, this thing is just broken, it's rotten all the way through to the core. And they're not going to go along with a mask mandate or go along with anything that requires trust or accommodation mm-hmm. or compromise. Mm-hmm. That's not what that's not what the you know, that's not that's not what's around the corner. And that's really a problem for our country. So like two things. I have two rebuttals. Uh, One is that uh, there's a concession speech. And this is to 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 Rudy Giuliani's point um, is networks don't call elections as much as we want that to be the case. And we can celebrate and, and, you know, aesthetically, what have you. um, Networks don't call elections. Um, The process isn't finished. Right. The electoral votes have not been cast. Right. Um, And so why does he need to make a concession speech right now? Right. There has been no there is no official announcement from any official body that he's actually not the president anymore. So that's one kind of piece. Uh, And then kind of the other piece is that, you know, those 70 million people. Uh, or not, not, not necessarily the, the difference between the, the 70 million and the 75 million, whatever it is for, for Biden. Ain't that the goal? Like parties go to war with each other. You know, they try and Democrats try and get one over on Republicans. Republicans try and get one over on Democrats. And I thought that the whole goal of having like the think tanks and the professional politicians was to align the party and prepare it to counterattack and attack when you're facing these type of you know, kind of onslaughts. And it's been the history of politics from the from the beginning of politics in this country where people were trying to do whatever they could to undermine undermine campaigns, uh, get candidates to drop out, uh, blackmail uh, the whole situation. So that and that's on both sides of the of the aisle. 
So is it is it something bad because Trump is doing it? And we want to just dogpile as much as we can on top of Trump, which has been known to backfire and actually reinforces and emboldens his base because they actually get to see the I was watching the one thing uh, where uh, when they said Trump was making fun of the guy who was uh, mentally handy or handicapped. Right. Mm -hmm. And they showed the video of him doing the thing with his hands. And that's all we saw on the left was that particular one. On the right, they saw like the 30 other times that he did that, right, to everyone. Like that's just kind of his way of showing like when people get nervous to get caught up in that thing. And it was reinforced to us that he's making fun of this, this handicapped person. But to the right, when they see that the, they give it context that he always does that, talking about anybody when there's like a nervous fit, it was just kind of like, hmm, that kind of backfired. You know, on the right, because you didn't show the other instances or contextualize it like the way the right did. So I'm, my, I guess my, my piece is that isn't that part of American politics, right, to make it hard for the other party to govern, to, to stall out their, their, their programs, whether they're good or bad? Yeah, I think that there's a lot to that. I mean, obstructionism is a part of our politics. Fights are a part of our politics and justifiably so. Um, I'd say a couple things, though. One is we can think about there being a difference between disagreement on the one hand and on the other hand, using whatever power I have to the hilt to do everything I can to keep you from being able to do anything. So imagine what happens going forward is that Biden is seated into power and every single time he nominates a judge, no matter the position, never mind the Supreme Court anywhere, uh, a majority leader um, in the Senate. Uh, says, yeah, we're not going to consider him. We're not going to consider him. We're not going to consider her. We're not even going to vote. We're just going to shut it down all the way through. He has the power to do that. He does. He could do that. But there's a sense that that's not fair play, that that's not, um, that's, that's not showing any uh, forbearance. You're not, you're not keeping yourself in check, that yes, we can disagree. Yes, we can fight. But if I use everything I can to make it impossible for you to do anything, that's uh, outside of the bounds. And I think part of the worry that sort of the Trump specific piece here is that, yeah, I think, you know, if past presidents had said, I think there's a real reason to believe that there's been some impropriety there's, in this election, that things were not on the up. Um, and so I'm not going to concede right now. One, uh, past presidents who don't who haven't lied the way that Trump lies at every turn and lies in the service of his own interests, right? His own personal private interests. I think one, other people might be more inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. That is other people who are not Republican might be inclined to say, wait, let's slow it down. Um, But in the face of absolutely no evidence of something being wrong, they don't have any evidence that then this pushback that we're observing, it, it just triggers fears that this person is doing everything he can to hold on to power, not because he doesn't have uh, the you know the the right to raise concerns. Of course he does, or to pursue legal avenues to seek uh, a correction. Of course he does. And you're absolutely right uh, that you know the thing isn't isn't settled until the electoral uh, delegates cast their votes. That's a, that's true too. That the you know the, the networks don't decide this. At the end of the day, the electoral delegates have to cast their votes. But we've got a long, long history 
of in the aftermath of these elections, when things are pretty clear, in terms of the facts on the ground, as they're clear now, that the loser says, hey, all right, good fight. I disagree with the outcome. I continue to disagree with you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back. And that's good for our country. Don't you think? I mean, I mean, if it's if it's all the way through, you know, we're going to we're going to just scrape and claw to the bitter end. Like, how do we get to the peace where we actually try to solve problems? Well, some politics, that's not the goal to solve the problem is to kick to kick it down the field. Right. It's not it's to solve my problems. Right. To not to I need sure. to do everything I need to do to solve my problems, not your problems. Like, I don't give a fuck about your problem. And I think there's that aspect of it, too, which, you know, as much as I, I feel like there's trying to they're trying to play two games. Right. There's the game that is American politics. Right. And in the process of playing American politics for the past 200 years, you've bifurcated the country into two very strong camps. Right. And instead of continuing to govern that way, now there wants to be this kind of unity politics. Right. Like, let's unify. But it's like you can't. How? Like, how are you supposed to do that? Right. You can't like play by the same old rules with the expectations that things are going to kind of change in there into a new kind of wave just because you feel that that's what the, the direction of the country should be. And it's almost like from my from my perspective, I feel like there are two Americas. Right. And to try and unify those two Americas. Like you have to play, you, you got to play ball. You got to play the dirty ball. You got to play the clean ball and playing clean ball might not get anything done. Right. So it's like, yeah, you keep, you keep uh, masturbating Mitch McConnell. Right. Instead of doing what Donald Trump would have done if he had a Mitch McConnell on the other side, which was destroy that man's persona, destroy his public such and such, slip him a Mickey at the bar, like something to get, if he's impeding justice and impeding, you know, goodwill and impeding economic reforms and all the good stuff that we want. You got this one guy, uh, then you got to do the You got to Donald Trump this dude, right. And get him out the way, like find a way to get him to move. And I think that part of politics, uh, is something that built this country. And now we're now there's trying to be this shift to say, Oh, we don't want to be that anymore, but you're not really tackling any of the structural things that have been built on that politic, which allow a Mitch McConnell type to survive and to constantly obfuscate progress, at least from the Democratic side. So, I mean, I hear, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you 100%. I wish there was a, a more kind of cogent um, way to kind of pursue this through, and it, it, it has all the aesthetics of everybody's cool with each other, but everybody's not, you know? No, I agree with that. I agree there's real disagreement. Look, that can be a very good thing, right? I mean, the idea that we're all going to start, you know, uh, singing in harmony together is that's foolish right but then but let's think about something that's immediately before us like this pandemic Mm -hmm. how are we going to meet this pandemic if not by trying to recognize one another and see one another and to say you know what i do has implications for others and we ought to pay attention to the scientists and yeah we ought to pay attention to facts on the ground and we ought to have some common understanding about what constitutes a fact I mean, if what we do is drift off into a world in where everything is contested at every turn, we've just got nothing to ground us in our disagreement. And very little kind of productive can come of that. We're just, we're just hollering. We're just hollering out there. Mm-hmm. And, and I worry about that because, look, I agree with you that, you know, when you said, like, you know, 
my problem isn't your problem, your problem isn't my problem. I think that that's true for lots of things. Um, but then there are these moments, like amidst a pandemic, or there are these moments like global climate change, or, or when you then think about the, uh, you know, the failure of our government to attend to all kinds of things, like rising inequality between the rich and the poor, mm-hmm. problems involving class and race, where we haven't gotten kind of a foothold on these issues. And that's going to require, if we're going to do that, us hearing each other, not, not singing in harmony, not saying, all right, we disagreed before, now we're all going to lay down our arms and we're all going to come together. That ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But when it, things are as toxic as they are right now, uh, and you have a president who is you know, taking positions that are not in the service of like, a, a, a clear worldview, they're in the service of his own political gain, his own private political gain. It's all about the goodness and greatness that is Donald Trump. Um, that engaging with that and, and, uh, and, and, and giving him space where now, you know, he's, 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 he's refusing to recognize the outcome of the election. He starts playing with fire for, with, that we all are going to, you know, it's going to be a problem for all of us. Because, again, as I said, even if Trump disappears next week, you're going to have all these people who think it's all been stolen. It's all been stolen, right? We, and, and they're going to be wrong in it. It's fired up, yeah. 70 million people. Yeah. So what do we do as regular people about this? I mean, we, could, we can just sit and watch the whole thing unfold, and we've already cast our votes. There's really nothing we can do at this point. I don't know. I think you're doing something right now, right? I think we have to talk about it. That's a piece of it. That's a, um, we sort of have to make sense of this moment. Um, but I also think in like talking about it, we got to be honest, you know, and I think part of the left, part of, part of the left's problem is they try and win at any cost, but they wind up losing. Right. So you, if you, yeah. if, if we're going to talk about it, let's just stick to what the facts are. Like there's so much, like I keep bringing up the Rudy, Rudy Giuliani situation because it's another perfect example of the, of kind of the left kind of getting it wrong. Right. You keep beating up on this dude, the, the, the pundits, the media, the, the comedians, all of that. Right. They're beating up on this dude saying that the, they don't pick the, the networks. They don't you know, networks don't pick the election. And it's true. Right. And instead of saying like Giuliani's right. Right. And let's just take that off of the table now and let's focus on who does choose the election. It's the Electoral College. It hasn't been proven yet. Right. So even Trump is a little premature because the votes haven't actually even been cast. Right now, if he's inter- and there is he has his right to to kind of get into the intermediary process between now and the electoral colleges picking their votes, but they're doing recounts, which are going to push. You know, I think when does Georgia? Georgia's not going to come back until when? When their recounts, like a month from now or something like that. January. It's going to be a bit of time. Right? Yeah, it's going to so be a bit of time. You're not going to get like an official kind of nomination for a few months, right? And it's like, uh, well, it won't be that long, but yeah. Well, it's going to be a month. January 20th, the new president assumes office. Right. But, so but that's right. I mean, it's going to be a bit of time. Yeah. To step away from that, right? The reason that I supported Joe Biden was for the reasons that you said. Coronavirus and uh, the, uh, the environment, right? Um, everything yeah. else, like wealth inequality, maybe, maybe not, right? But like coronavirus, I, we, I wanted somebody aesthetically in the White House who took coronavirus seriously, right? Yeah. Even knowing that, 70 mil half of america isn't no matter who's in the white house right no matter what party it could be a a glass of water 
you know, governing the country. <laughs> and anything that Glasswater says about masks, people are not going to do it, right? We live in that kind of world, anti-science, anti-this, anti-that. Even if there was a vaccine, people are not even going to take it, right? So that's what I come into contact with on somewhat of a daily basis with at least my fan base, right? And But I wanted somebody that would take it seriously to make authoritarian decisions, right, in the White House and in that kind of system to at least mandate things. Right. To make to to put a little bit more force and pressure to force the American public at large to take advantage of some of these things, not necessarily cater to their goodwill and make them feel good about it. And this and the third. So part of it is kind of like I want on coronavirus. I want I want Joe Biden to act like Donald Trump when he's tearing somebody down. But instead of tearing down another person, he's tearing down coronavirus. Right. Don't put the foot on this. Like, yeah. learn that lesson from this dude. Like, he has an energy and a force. And hopefully take some of that and apply that with some common sense to some of the issues that we face. Because if he pussyfoots around on this, I don't think we're going to solve it, even with him in office, to be honest. Even with Joe Biden in office. Like, he, he has to apply that force. Yeah. So, Will, if, so, Will, if there's one thing you want people to remember, one, one piece of advice you would leave us with, um, what would it be? That the challenges to our democracy are not going to go away with uh, Trump, even if Trump steps down from power, because mm. Trump isn't going to go away. His followers aren't going to go away. And the political preconditions that allowed for his rise to power, they haven't changed either. And so we're in it for the long haul. I got another question for you on that long haul, right? What do you yeah. think is going to happen after Biden with, 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 what, with what Trump is, what, what Trump has began right now, what yeah. Biden is, is facing? What do you see happening in a post-Biden world? So, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, um, uh, but uh, all signs point towards him serving one term, right? And, uh, and, and then the question is going to be, who is the Democratic Party going to nominate? And there's a deep bench of people who appear eager to step up and pick up the mantle that Trump has laid down and run with it. And it could be Trump himself. He could mm-hmm. run again. I mean, four years from now, he's going to be the same age as Biden is now. So, um, but if not Trump, then, you know, some other populist leader uh, on on the right is likely to, you know, have another go at this. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say, I think this is going to go on for a while. Royce definitely has a crystal ball. What does it say? Yeah, let me know if you guys need to use it. Well, Will, thank you for joining us. Um, Will has a new book out called Presidents, Populism, and the Crisis of Democracy. Go check it out. Um, oh, we this appreciate is really you stopping a treat. by. My kids are just going to, they're just going to be jumping up and down when I tell them I got to talk to all of you. Hey. Thank you, Will. Appreciate, appreciate you, my you, brother. Will. The Lupa and Roy Show is a Say What Media production. Have you thought about hosting your own podcast but don't know where to start? Working with Say What Media is like having your own personal producer, editor, audio engineer, and distributor all in one place. From equipment recommendations to engineering and distribution, Say What Media handles the boring details so you can focus on saying interesting stuff. Get started at saywhat.media. You're listening to the Lupe and Roy Show with Lupe Fiasco, Royce the Five Nine, and Tom Frank. I mean... He's basically saying, like, yo, this shit is fucked, man. No, I'm not, I don't want to boil it down to that. But, like, Royce, what do you think about that? Like, after Biden, right? If you think of the long-term kind of situation, like, do you think that Biden has the force and the power to calm down or turn some of that 71 million that is thoroughly against him? Or will he, will he grow it? Like, Yeah, I think as long as he doesn't do anything to exacerbate the, 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 the problem that's right in our faces, I think they've, all, they've, they've been there. They've been there the whole time. 
Trump just shined an extremely huge spotlight on it. You know what I mean? And he gave them a voice and, you know, he just encourages that 7 million negative as hate everything as 71 million ideology. You know what I mean? So, I mean, all Biden to me, he just got an easy job. All he got to do is go in there and not fuck up too bad. I think he's got four years to squash I don't, this, I don't, I don't, this, this divide. What squash and I don't know if it's possible, but I, I, I mean, I think he's got to like, think about it. Four, four years ago, we were coming off of Obama. Right. And there was a, such a different tone in the world. And then we got trumped and it just went all to hell. It wasn't just Trump. It was the, it was the 71 million people who were extremely pissed that a black man was in office. And where we are right now is just the result of that. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a direct reaction to it. And, you know, it's, it's forcing everybody, like, like uh, my man Will said, to have the tough conversations. You know what I mean? I don't think Biden, what, whatever has gotten done in, in one or two terms from any president. The one thing I think we forget about, too, though, is we have our first woman in office in, in one of these two top. I mean, that's, I think that's pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that in my lifetime. That's remarkable. I have daughters who are actually seeing a woman at the almost the highest office in the country. That's fire. That's exciting. That's fire. I like that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not impressed. And I'm just keep it a whole thousand dollars. I get people like she's the first, 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 first. Um, what are you not impressed with? I don't. It's just. I, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it's at a point now where I don't know how long I've been feeling about this. You go from a, a one position where you don't understand how the system works, right? Like you grow up, you don't know how this shit works, right? And then if you're fortunate enough to be in a position like myself or Royce. Well, you can get at least close to the system, right? You can like kind of get you. You may know a senator, you know. You may have hung out with a such such. You might have met a president, right? Situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just kind of like this. It looks better on TV. You know what I'm saying? It's like this looks better on TV, right? And you get a sense of how it works, and you're like, oh, I'm not really. It's not really solving you know, this problem. And then it's, it's feels so fragile that it can just be blown at whim where that everything that you just built up on that, right? Like the EPA, right? Like that shit is, or FEMA, like, ah, oh, super strong Hurricane Katrina, FEMA. And then like, now this shit's gone. Like they completely gutted it. Right. And at a certain point, you kind of get disillusioned. Right. And as much as the pageantry used to hold you or, it's almost like it feels almost hollow, if that makes any sense. And because you know that it's hollow and that as much as these people talk about like how Will was just saying with like Mitch McConnell referencing, that's what he's kind of referencing Mitch McConnell in terms of like impeding the judges and stuff like that. If, if, mm-hmm. if Mitch McConnell actually becomes Senate majority leader, which he might not, depending on how the race turns out with the recount in Georgia with the runoffs with the senators, he might not actually be. You might have Democrats running the, the, the having the White House, the Senate and the House, right? Yeah. All depends on how you move, right? I mean, it's possible. Unlikely, do do one, yes. you know, do they, they now? Now that you kind of know it's at stakes, they're probably going to go super hard. But what I'm saying is, is that as much as that is there, the the pageantry of it doesn't carry the same force when you were ignorant of how it worked, right? And you were just enthralled by the bigness of everything. Once you got close enough to see that it's not as big as it looks on TV, right? And then you get a taste of kind of its fragilities. Now it just becomes like, yo, we got the a new, and I'm not hating on that at all. 
but we got a new powerful situation. You should be super excited. And it's like, I'm just not, you know, like I'm for some reason, like it, the, the glitz and the glamour just isn't the same, you know? And maybe that maybe people, as much as we hate Trump, as much as we hate Trump, like just from a speaking standpoint, he makes Joe Biden look crazy. Like when Trump talks, he commands and has a certain like kind of ex- expressiveness about himself, even though he's talking a bunch of bullshit. When Biden talks, that's fine. I don't know if when I Biden agree with talks this. is very like uh, subdued, right? It's very vice presidential, right? Like he was the vice president. He wasn't the president. Now, when you put Obama and Trump together, mm-hmm. great orators, right? Clinton can whip you up into a frenzy talking some shit, right? And you get Biden and it's kind of like, it's kind of milk toast. And then you got K- Kamala, who's, you know, she's the vice president. I feel like it's two vice presidents, if that makes any sense, to boil it down. I think you're only saying that because he was the vice president. So therefore, the context of him is the vice president. But I think he's going to change that. And I could not be more excited about Harris as our vice president. Okay, 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 maybe it's a small thing, but it is a huge thing. Uh, I'm excited for our country. It took us hundreds of years to get to the point where a woman. Hold up. There's been many women in power. The vice presidential seat, as again, the vice presidential seat isn't as powerful as motherfuckers is making it out to be. It's not, but it's still a, it's not. a monumental occasion, right? I mean, go whether back. it's powerful or not, is she still Tom, the, go back to the what vice you said. president? You said, I'm excited by Kamala being a president. And I said, why? I am. And you said, I'm happy for the country. It's like, Tom, ask why you. I'm excited that we have gotten to a place where a woman you doing can be he can can be the vice president. What, what am I doing? Pushing it on to the we. I'm asking you why you. Yeah. Why yeah, you? I'm excited? excited. I'm excited. I am why? personally excited. I mean, this is a woman who why? deserves it too. I mean, okay. she's a prosecutor. She's excellent uh-huh. at holding people accountable okay. and getting to the bottom of truth. Like I actually, when I look at her, I see a leader, okay. and that's what this country has been missing. Like, I wouldn't follow Trump into anything. She's a leader. And to me, the president of the United Mm -hmm. States, the vice president of the United States, let's be honest, they don't have as much power as we give, but we let we let them think they or that people think. But what they do do is they represent me on a global platform. They represent the United States. I need somebody Mm -hmm. who can intelligently speak and can rally people and can get me excited about being an American citizen. Kamala Harris gets you excited about being an American citizen. Okay. Royce, does, does yes. she get you excited? Excited about being an American citizen, but I partly agree with Tom, and this is why. And I understand where you're coming from too, Lou. If you're looking for results, then yeah, it's underwhelming. But it is a little baby step in the evolution of this country that's not based on empowering women of color mm-hmm. in mainstream media in the way that women are portrayed, the way that black men are portrayed. That's why I think it was important that, that, that the world got a chance to see Obama's seat when he was sitting in that seat, somebody as poised as him, somebody with sense. Somebody, you know, there was some little white kid somewhere in Idaho, somewhere and never heard or or seen a black person that even acted like that before. Let's end on a positive note. I'm what looking forward to getting off this call this week? so I can get onto my other call. That's what I'm looking for. No, what am I looking forward to this week? I'm barbecuing this week again. Chicken thighs. Chicken thighs, baby. Bacon again? Barbecue chicken. Thighs. Are you wrapping it? Are you wrapping the chicken up in bacon? Why would I do that? Because it's delicious. Turkey bacon, Ooh, turkey bacon ain't got no fat on it. Turkey don't make bacon. 
This is Lupe Fiasco. Who say, well, why do we got to end when you say we got to end? You're always bullying us, man. All right, this is Royce to five now. <laughs> and this is Tom Frank, and you're listening to the Lupe and Royce Show. Now that number, Lupe will be there. Yo, I swear to God, please let me be an operator at one eight three three Royce to five nine. Please, just for like thirty minutes. You don't understand the beauty mm-hmm. that will reign over the greater Detroit metro area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Oh, okay. We just expanded it to statewide, so it's not just the greater Detroit area. We making moves. We making moves, kind of like you guys were making in high school in your theater class. Going and having a theater offs against each other, getting paid. A theater off. That's funny. I know it's funny. I'm fucking funny. That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe or follow. Leave us a review and tell your friends to listen. The Lupe and Royce Show is a production of Say What Media. It's recorded and mixed by Claude Jennings. Our head writer is Lauren Sloat. I'm Tom Frank. And our theme music is by, who else? Lupe Fiasco and Royce the 5'9". 